0: Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we're continuing our series on how we found our Great Loop boat. And we've been doing this about once a month, and we've gotten a lot of good feedback on it because there are so many people looking for that perfect boat, and it's really the place to start when you're planning for the Great Loop. So today, I think we've got a really interesting story for you. We've got Erica and Hawk Thompson with us, and they are getting ready to loop with their toddler. So they'll tell us about their boat search and how they found their perfect great loop boat. Before we jump in, I do want to take a moment, as always, to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, PassageMaker Trawlerfest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And the business is now out of the way, so Erica and Hawk, welcome. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: So you are probably not our typical loopers, even though we have more and more families out there who are homeschooling. You've got a toddler, which is a little bit different. So tell us about your family and, and tell us you know, what you're planning for the Great Loop.
1: Go for it. Uh, yeah. So we um, our our daughter Lilith is actually she's kind of the inspiration behind this. We were both uh, at the time pre COVID, you know, working and had a baby, and suddenly our life was a lot more full of work than it was full of baby, and that didn't really seemed like something we wanted for our future so we we found the the great loop and we decided that it would be a wonderful family thing that we could do and if we liked it we could just stay on the boat and keep doing it so um so my husband and I were both in IT although since the pandemic I've been home with the baby and uh and our our daughter is now four so hopefully we'll leave next spring and and she'll get to experience it during that five-ish age
0: yeah, and that'll that'll be exciting. And we have had some other uh, looper kids about that age when they started. A lot of them are still on the water and are like ten now, <laughs> even though they started when they were five or six because their their families fell in love with the lifestyle. So I'm I'm really excited for your family to be undertaking this. Um, so it sounds like you uh, plan to work aboard, and you're a little bit before the homeschool issue. So, um, but yeah. you're going to continue to work while you loop. Is that correct?
2: That is correct. Yep, we. Uh we determined that one of us it would make sense for one of us to keep on working remotely. So we're going to be doing the, probably, you know, a couple of days of travel and then stay at a marina or someplace to work for a while and break it up that way. So a little bit slower, but you know, it'll allow us to get through the whole experience.
0: Yeah. And did you have a previous boating experience or is this brand new territory for you?
2: So growing up uh, we, uh, the family had friends in Maine that had a, Uh, around 30 foot sailboat that we used to go spend a couple of weeks on every summer. So I did a bunch of sailing, um, in Maine growing up. And then my parents got a, uh, when they retired, they got a sailboat that they had down in Florida and then down in St. John. So I I have a fair amount of sailing experience, not necessarily nothing with locks. I've never been through a lock, Uh (laughs) uh, you know, um, on coastal waters, uh, sailing.
1: My family was very, water focused but we did not boat so we had a house on the Cape and all of my aunts and uncles lived on lakes so we did a lot of swimming, boating, water skiing, that whole thing. Um, But I've I have a fear of deep water. uh, So that's always kind of made me very nervous when I'm on a boat. Um, Although since we've had our boat, I've I've discovered that the the space that you get on a boat separates me enough from the water that I don't have that
0: debilitating fear. (laughs) Well, and and that certainly speaks to your sense of adventure though, Erica, because you kind of agreed to this with that serious fear of deep, well, actually what, you know, what made you decide, yep, this is something that's for me. (laughs) This was my idea actually. (laughs) Um,
1: we, we did that math and, and determined that, you know, we'd only have a few hours a day if we stayed at home and, and stuck with the nine to five that most people do. And um, and so I, I went to Hawk and I said, hey, uh, there's this thing called the Great Loop. What do you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so with having, been, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And he said, well, that sounds like a great idea. I've always wanted to live on a boat, but it wasn't like I was going to suggest it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just one of those things was always in the background. You know, I've done. Um, period of time of living on a boat. And it was like, you know, it would always be fun to spend a couple of years living on a boat, but you settle in, you get a house. So it wasn't in my mind that, oh, I should uproot everybody. So when Erica came up with the idea, it was, um, you know, one of those things like, yeah, that, that would be a great fun thing to do.
0: Yeah. So with those kind of special circumstances in mind, one being Erica's fear of deep water and one being that you would have a toddler aboard, how did those things impact? your search when you, you began to try and figure out what was the right boat for you.
2: So it impacted us in a couple of ways. So one, we had the conversation, Erica has two things going on, not just the deep water, which was a question on, you know, how well would this really work for us long-term, but she also has a great fear of healing boats. All my experience has been on monohulls. So I would have been happy to jump aboard a monohull sailboat and <laughs> go off. And that was a non-starter for Erica. So um, we looked at early on, we did look at some trawlers because uh, that is the vast majority that you see going around the loop. Um, but with my, I really like sailing. So we ended up uh, deciding that a catamaran, a small sailing catamaran was, was the right market. Uh, so we looked in that and obviously any monohull that was going to, to heal was right out. So it was just catamarans. <laughs> and then, you know, The other area that was interesting is having a toddler while you're looking at boats. Um, (laughs) There's certainly a lot more that you think about, but uh, she was amazingly uh, engaged. She would crawl around the boat, so that was a lot of fun. We've got some nice pictures of her and all the various boats we looked at.
1: Yeah, she was walking, but not yet talking, so she would she could sign to us and tell us how she was feeling about things. So she would say, I like this, or I want more of this. You know, I'm looking in the water fills, the intakes for the water tanks. And she'd be like, open that again. I (laughs) want (laughs) to (laughs) see.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's amazing. But bringing her with you also probably kind of pointed out where some of the the danger points could be um, for a child that small on a boat. And I know when mine were little, um, my parents had a, a 50 foot Marine trader and it is nerve wracking. Um, Some boat layouts or many boat layouts, in fact, are really (laughs) not very kid friendly. You know, if there's ladders to climb to get up to the upper decks, or if there's um, big spaces between railings, it can be a little bit nerve wracking. So I'm sure having her with you helped you kind of spot those things that maybe would not be ideal. But so it sounds like you focused pretty early on, on catamarans. Is that correct? Or did you kind of board some other boats and and start to narrow the search.
2: So initially, as I said, we looked at some trawlers. We, we, uh, we actually got invited on to a couple that was doing a great loop that had a Defever uh, 45 and looked at that, which is a nice one. We looked at some in the yards, Um, but we pretty quickly moved off of that into the catamaran, the small catamaran. uh...
1: We did have a a price versus boat (laughs) conflict, which everyone has when they buy a boat. So, Mm Uh, basically when you're looking at boats, the cheapest boat you can buy is a mono wholesale boat. Like, especially up here where we are, they are a dime a dozen, you can get them anywhere. <laughs> and then you get the, you know, the the motor yachts or the, the express cruisers, those are pretty easy to find. When you get up into trawlers and certainly with the catamarans, they're just not that many of them and they tend to be pretty pricey. So we were either looking at a huge project boat, which is a non-starter with a toddler, or we were looking at going with something smaller, but a catamaran.
2: And part of the conversation we had, and again, with Erica's fear of deep water, is I pushed for us to get a boat earlier. So, you know, and not worry about it being the forever boat. So if we really like it as a boat, we can upgrade, but get into a boat that might be a little bit smaller than, you know, uh, we'd want for a long, long term to be able to get out there and start getting some experience.
0: Right. That so also- besides... Besides the stability of a cat, um, what were some of the other features that were on your must-have list as you were undertaking the search?
1: Well, I absolutely did not want to have to make a bed every night, so it had to have at least two cabins, which, as it turns out, <laughs> um, we're, we're doing a lot of, of co-sleeping with the baby, so that's less of a thing than I thought it was going to be, but um, I just, I didn't want to have to take down the salon and put up a bed and... So we we were looking at something that had at least two cabins and had enough like outdoor space that or, you know, cockpit space that she could play without it being, you know, just these tiny little <laughs> side decks or whatever, which you can you can get on some of those boats that so have more inside space, but not as much outside space.
2: And also bunks that were easy to get in and out of. You see some of them and the bunks are way high up. You need a little ladder to get up to them. We've got the dog and the cat and with the toddler moving everybody around. We didn't want to have to worry about, uh, you know, getting in and out of bunks every night. So that was another one that definitely factored in. Um, and I think that was it. Uh, you had really the I, I really wanted a
1: galley up. Um just because I, you know, I'll be doing all the cooking and I wanted to be kind of in the middle of everything when I'm doing cooking so that I can participate and be part of it. And one of the things I found, especially with the small catamarans is that they're so small, (laughs) (laughs) even if you have a galley down, like we have a galley down now, but I stand in the galley and I look right over the back of the salon seating into the salon. So it's not like you're isolated (laughs) at all.
0: And that's one of the the nice things about, um, a lot of the cat designs that loopers seem to like is that even when you, a lot of them have the galley down, um, and even when you're there in that sponsor and you're still really kind of part of the action. Um, and, and it's just, you know, it gives you, feels like extra space there in the galley. Um, then you have sometimes when the galley's up and you're trying to fit everything in that same level with the salon and whatever else might be there. So that's, that's, uh, one of the really things that I like about those designs. Um, so you kind of talked about that. That was your must have. Did you get all of those things or did you wind up making some compromise on things? And again, we all have that, you know, boat versus price uh, (laughs) disparity, perhaps.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we made we made compromises. Like I said, I didn't get my galley up. But what we have chosen to do is move the cooktop. So, the cooktop will be in the salon, even uh-huh. though the fridge and the, well, well, the fridge is also in the salon in, in our boat, but the countertops and, and that sort of stuff is all down. But we're going to move the cooktop up so it has better ventilation and is easier to you know, access. So, we've we definitely um, did compromise there. We, The boat we ended up getting is a 2000, and they made a major hull change in 2001. So we got all of the like performance features of the next generation, but we didn't get that updated cockpit, which has stairs leading out of it instead of stepping up onto the seat and then out. And I really wanted that, but we just, we couldn't find one. We just could not
0: find one that hadn't previously sunk.
2: (laughs) We couldn't find one that was in a condition we liked.
0: Yes. Well, there you go. So let's, let's end the suspense. Go ahead and fill everyone in on exactly what boat you did decide on for the Great Loop.
2: So we ended up getting a uh, Gemini 105M. Uh, So it's a 34-foot catamaran, 14 feet wide. Um, And, you know, when we looked at the small catamarans, we felt it had some of the best layouts of any of those small catamarans just using the space (laughs) really creatively. We did look at the Tomcat, which was similar, um, but it just didn't use the space quite as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we really ended up on that Gemini. And it was actually a boat that Erica passed up the first time through when we looked at it. I liked it quite a bit. I thought it had a lot. It was um it was well maintained but not really updated. So it wasn't a good price point. Um but pretty much a blank canvas for us going forward for any customizations we wanted to do. Uh, but it didn't have those stairs that Erica wanted and it wasn't you know wasn't quite the version. Um, so it took looking at a number of other boats before we finally uh, circled back to it and ended up with that one.
0: Yeah. How long ago did you close on the boat? At
2: uh, this point, three years.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> so you've
1: had so, some time to, to explore. So we've, been, you know, we've had the boat um, now uh, down in Rhode Island for uh, three summers. So we've, we've really been able to use it, uh, do some maintenance on it, do some updates on it, and make sure that the dog isn't seasick, the baby isn't seasick, <laughs> you know, all of those things. We wanted to get that out of the way instead of just getting a boat and trying to leave on the loop. And then in New York Harbor, discovering that none of this stuff was really going to work for our family.
2: Yep. Very being, <laughs> being able to do the real, especially with the used boat, that full mechanical overhaul mm-hmm. and not having to cram it all into the last minute. So both be able to update everything and then do some customizations.
0: Yeah. Well, there are, and there are definitely some things that you've learned along the way. I want to dive into some more details about the boat itself, um, you know, some of the specs that people always ask about, but also talk about <laughs> what you kind of learned in this search, which is ultimately what this series is all about. So let's take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. Um, we'll continue the topic when we come back, back in a moment. Looking for a one-stop shop for all your Pacific Northwest cruising needs? Northwest Explorations is your full-service company offering bare boat charters, guided flotillas, powerboat training, service, detailing, and brokerage. Located on the Washington coast and Vancouver Island, you're covered no matter which side of the border you're on. Since yachting is the best way, in our opinion, to socially distance, we've updated our itineraries, helping get you out on the water this summer. Our flotilla cruisers offer the perfect opportunity if you can't stand the thought of another summer of no vacations. Visit nwexplorations.com to learn more. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guests today are Erica and Hoff Thompson. We are doing our monthly series on how we found our Great Loop boat. And Erica had reached out to me after hearing this, this series and then said, you know, our story's a little bit different. And we had some lessons that we learned along the way that we'd really like to share. So we'll hop into those for in a, in a moment. I do want to ask you though, and, and with the purchase three years ago, the insurance market was much different. So um, right now that is kind of after finding a boat because the inventory of boats for sale is so low. The next challenge um, is finding insurance. And a lot of our members are actually being encouraged to seek the insurance first and make sure that they can get insurance for the boat they're looking for. That was, um, the market was a bit different pre-COVID when you bought your boat, but did you have any challenges there or anything you learned as you went to go insure your your new to you boat? You know, I
1: thought we were. I thought we were going to run into some problems because it was certainly the biggest boat that I've ever owned. The biggest boat he's owned personally. Um, but I, I, I mean, we got lucky in that it was pre-COVID and, and the boat market wasn't quite so crazy. But we also, um, a few years before, uh, <laughs> before we <laughs> bought our boat, my dad had given me a little 16-foot Sea Ray center console just to run around. We actually have a lake behind our house. Uh So my dad had found that it wasn't great for his house, but he thought we'd enjoy it. So we brought it home and I registered it and insured it and all that sort of fun stuff. And our cat was trying to be involved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we never really used it. I was pregnant at the time. Then we had the infant and, but we had it and we kept it insured in case we ever got a chance to use it. So we had two years of boat insurance on record before we tried to insure our big boat. And I think that helped. We were we ended up having to go with a different insurance company just because our main our our big boat is in Rhode Island and our small boat is in Massachusetts Mm -hmm. and the insurance company we have for the small boat doesn't insure Rhode Island.
2: Well, actually the company we have for the small boat doesn't insure large boats.
1: No, that too. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: I think the other aspect that uh, helped us with the insurance when we got it is we did a fixed value insurance versus the value of boat insurance. So, um, you know, we've seen that change, but we haven't been impacted by a lot of the other changes people have seen um, and I do think that that's probably helped since it's, they're not worried about the fluctuating boat market. They know that there's a set, you know, liability um, for that insurance. You know, we've seen some of the changes such as, you know, uh, named storms now versus hurricane zones, um, but we haven't had any of our premiums changed. So we've been lucky
0: in that. In and that we sense. did,
1: we did actually have two tropical storms that hit us. One of which was forecast. 4K- forecasted to come in as a hurricane but fortunately did not by the time it got to us <laughs> yeah. so this this year has been quite a storm year for our area which is unusual because we're up in new england we don't we don't get that stuff
0: right right yeah we're here in uh, south carolina and it's been a quiet year for us knock on wood it's not over quite yet but um but yeah it's been an unusual year for sure um which i think is part of the insurance issue is that the storms are just so um seemingly more random perhaps than they once were yeah. Um, And the insurers just keep getting, you know, hammered, but um, that's a topic all in and of itself. (laughs) Um, One of the things that you kind of shared that's different about your story is the boat you did end up buying and Hawk, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, was one that you initially, um, you know, didn't even, we're going to take a path on. It wasn't something you thought you were interested in. So what led you to eventually go see it anyway and discover that, wow, this really is the one for us?
1: Well, we, we had seen this Tomcat, <clears throat> sorry, uh, this, which, which is the Tomcats are 32 feet and 16 foot wide sailing catamarans, and they have very similar layouts to the Gemini. Uh, basically, if you're looking at a small catamaran under 35 feet, you're looking at either a Tomcat or a Gemini. That's what's out there. Or
2: potentially an island packet.
1: Or maybe an island packet. <laughs> and although that was 35 feet.
2: Yep.
1: So, um, so we were looking at this Uh, tomcat because it was available in our area we could go down and see it it had the most open plan I have ever seen like it had sunlight pouring in absolutely everywhere it was beautiful (laughs) it had what I called a stumble through head you (laughs) had to go through the head to get to the master cabin and it was a very narrow hall so you literally would stumble through the door (laughs) every Ah. time (laughs) So we ended up passing on that and deciding that we were going to go to um, Maryland. We had a friend who'd recently moved to Baltimore. So we went down and stayed with her and looked at a bunch of boats in Annapolis and the areas around there. And while the first boat we saw on that trip, like I arranged for us to see a ton of Gemini's because, again, I would pretty much narrowed it down. And then there was like a leopard and an island packet. But the first boat we saw was the boat we ended up buying. And it was the first Gemini we'd been on. And it was, it was great. It was, you know, it was a, it was a great clean boat, but it wasn't quite what we were looking for. And I knew the slightly newer boats were, had that, those stairs that I wanted. And so we, you know, we enjoyed our tour. We said, thank you. And then we went off to look at other boats.
2: Yeah. And we looked at a number of 105 M's, some older versions. We looked at a number of 105 MC's and... Which
1: are the ones with the stairs. Which are the ones with
2: the stairs, which are collect. But uh, they all were very leaky. They they had very, very wet villages and lockers. Um, They mostly hadn't been very well maintained. Um, Or, you know, they were in the somewhat questionable one where we looked at some and... When you finally got into the questions, you found out that had been a salvage um, boat—a
1: salvage boat, a
2: salvage boat mm-hmm. that had that they were doing, but they didn't really want to admit that until you asked their the right questions. Didn't, yeah,
1: they weren't going to tell us until we asked.
2: So you know, none of that was making <laughs> us feel good, and we actually thought that we were going to, you know, end up with no boat on this trip that looks good. The last boat we looked at, which we almost canceled on—yeah,
1: it was the last day. It was Sunday, and it was like further south from where we were staying, so we had to drive away from our home and then drive back to our home we we're like it's a little bigger than we want i don't know if this is the one we should just go home look for more mcs and wait for the next trip but, yeah,
2: maybe take a trip to florida <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we decided we were going to just go we were going to go and see this boat and it was not the boat for us absolutely not it had um two the the two hulls were identical and each one had a double bed in the front, which was like a bunk bed. <laughs> and then like midship, it had a bathroom with a tub and then behind that storage and then behind that engine. So it was two engine boat, uh, but it was, they had customized it in the cockpit and it was beautiful. It had this amazing radar arch and bimini and the cockpit just looks so usable and, I realized that all the things I loved about the boat, the owners had done themselves. And so for me, that kind of clicked on a light and said, oh, wait, if we buy this blank slate boat, which is well in our price range and isn't going to break on us, but at the same time, we don't have to undo anything. We can make it exactly what we want. And so we went back and we made an offer on that boat.
2: (laughs) It took us a little bit of time, but we talked about it on the way home. Um, And that was really the big breakthrough thought is, When we looked at looking at the boats, you can change the boat you have. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of changes you can make to it. So if it doesn't have a feature you want, you know, consider whether that's a feature you can put in yourself or a change you can make yourself.
0: And I think that was actually one of your three lessons learned, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Uh, So go ahead and and fill us in on those because I'm sure that there are others who would be happy to learn from your experiences. Yeah, so
1: our, you know, our three lessons learned were basically um, boats can be changed. They're not like cars where you get them and they are what they are. You can really change them, make, you know, adjustments to them. Obviously, there's a price to that and you have to have some expertise. But we, um, you know, we decided that we wanted that galley up. And also, we didn't want natural gas on the boat or propane on the boat. So we pulled the old propane stove out. And in our boat, when you enter in the salon, on one side, there is the fridge in a cabinet. And so we've taken that fridge and or that cabinet. And on top of it is where we're going to put our cooktop. So we'll have the cooktop and fridge right there as soon as you walk in. And it will give me the illusion of a galley up without having to bring all the storage up and all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's the kind of change. All it takes is we have to um, run a new. We replace the fridge as well. So the fridge was a propane fridge. So now all we have to do is run a 12 volt wire connection to the fridge. Use the 120 from the old fridge to be the stove. And there you go. We've moved that, and that actually is not taking us that much energy at all,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a lot better than reworking our whole electrical system, which we're also doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a book.
2: There's endless changes you can make.
1: Yeah, but yeah, and our our first year, you know, we because we bought it so early, and that the the second lesson is buy early if you can. Um, Hawk really worked to 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 convince me of this because I was afraid that we were going to buy our starter boat and it was going to be small and cheap and not great. And then that was the boat we were going to be stuck with forever. And he convinced me that we should just try it and see what we like. And if we like it, we can, we can make it work. We can get a bigger boat later. And um, so I lost my train of thought. Oh yes. So in, in buying early, not only did it give us a chance to, um you know, get everyone comfortable on the boat. We hired a captain so that we could do a little bit of training and make sure that we could maneuver the boat in close quarters. That was the best money we have spent on our <laughs> boat. Um, but it also meant that we had the opportunity to take the engine out and you know do a complete overhaul on the engine and the drive system, which they're 20 years old, 21 now. Um, and the companies aren't really making them anymore. So it was good that we did that because we got a bunch of new parts that we won't be able to get in the future (laughs) and other people won't be able to get in the future. Sorry. Um, uh, But so we had that time and we could really like dig in and get the boat, us comfortable with the boat and the boat comfortable with us.
2: Yep, it's that time to learn the boat. So, you know, don't get hung up on waiting for that forever boat because, you know, it's better to get into your boat and enjoy it than wait for just what you think is going to be perfect. Um, you can wait way too long for that if you, if you take that approach. Mm-hmm. Plus, getting the time to get comfortable and familiar with your boat before you're going to spend a year on it is always a good thing to do.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And what's the third lesson?
1: And the third lesson, oh, we kind of skipped around. So the first lesson was um, even if a boat doesn't look like it's going to be your perfect boat, you might learn something from being on it. So if it's not out of your way and it's not, you know, a huge amount of hassle, you should just go look at boats, look at all the boats and just get comfortable with boats. Mm-hmm. Even if you, you know, think I want a trawler, why would I look at a motor yacht? You might, you might learn something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second one was uh, just that the, the, you can, you can adjust boats and, and change them and make them how you like. And the third start early, which not only get your boat early, but join the AGLCA early. We've been there. We've been members now for three years and I've learned so much (laughs) from the forums and from the podcasts. And it's been great.
0: Yeah. And and all of that is great advice. And it's really the way we encourage people to do things. You have obviously learned a tremendous amount um, in your research uh, because you you talk about the different vote systems and the different features like you've been aboard boats your entire life doing this. So congratulations to you on, you know, gathering the information you needed um, to know what you didn't know and fill in the gaps where you needed to learn things. Really excited for you to, to get started on the loop. So when will we actually see you on the water on the loop?
1: Uh we're hoping to leave uh next May. Um yep. so you know pulling out of uh, Rhode Island in May and uh, hopefully reaching the Hudson around June ish. Mm-hmm. See
0: how it goes.
2: COVID so, willing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's always, always looming there right now. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll turn that corner and it won't be such a factor in looping in 2022. But who knows? So can Erica, that, think, go ahead. Did you have something else to add?
2: I was just gonna say, uh, either way, we're definitely going to be out getting cruising done next spring. Yeah. It'll just affect some of, you know, where we can go and how, far how from that home we go. <laughs> you know,
0: yeah, going into and, Canada, etc. And this year has been much better for loopers than last year, just because um, while everything is still changing and I think there's just a little bit less of the sense of the unknown. um, Yeah. And in 2020,
1: we kept being locked away from our boat because we were keeping it in a different state. So we couldn't even go to it. And in 2021 we had basically free access to go down, do some maintenance on it. And we actually ended up, um, we weren't living on it, but we were spending days on it regularly Um, just to, you know, get the opportunity, make sure that we could work on it, but also just, you know, enjoy it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think 2021 loopers have had a a little bit more of a typical looping experience compared to what was happening in 2020. So I'm excited to see you out there in 2022. Um, Hawk and Erica, this has really been a great conversation. Thanks for sharing what you've learned. I think there's a lot of others who will be helped from this and congratulations on, on finding the one for you. Thank you very much. And to everyone who has watched and listened today, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?